When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Guys, Derek is Derek is asleep. He may he may never he may never up. recover. Uh, uh, these Super Bowl parties are going to kill me, you guys. Um, <laughs> was it actually a Super Bowl party last night, though, Derek? It's, it's not. I don't a know certain, what it is a certain anymore. Something else happened in Arizona sports that might have been that might have been it. That might have been something I'm excited about, but I don't know. Why are these lights so bright, Jesse? Um, my name is Kevin Durant, occasionally known as the mayor of PHNX. This guy over here, also Kevin Durant. Uh, he's the vice mayor and the Thunderstick. Uh, Kevin. How's it going? I'm actually TJ Warren. This, <laughs> That's right. Uh, in, this in this relationship, you definitely are. Uh, this <laughs> podcast is brought to you by the fine folks. Now I feel insulted <laughs> by that. Sentence. You did it to yourself. <laughs> you did. owned yourself, Jesse. Uh, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, yes, Phoenix Suns fans, we are here uh, to rejoice in the news we wanted we didn't want to be left out look we know we're baseball we get it but we don't care we're over here uh excited because we are both very big phoenix suns fans more importantly i am a huge kevin durant fan so today's news is just very very exciting um but of course it does not come without uh consequences right the pieces that were traded away uh do make us very sad especially the two of us uh Huge Mikhail Bridges fans. Uh, yes. We've talked about him a bunch on the show. We love Mikhail, and this absolutely breaks our heart. And uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm a little worried about the trade overall because of what we gave up. But uh, this very much is reminiscent of some of the things that the Arizona Diamondbacks could do that we don't really want to see them do necessarily. I mean, these two franchises right now couldn't be <laughs> in more opposite places, yeah. right? I mean, one, one is ready to win now. One needs that. And, and now, honestly, with the, the trade has a very short window, uh, you could say, uh, as far as a championship run is concerned. Versus the Diamondbacks, who like they're at least they know wh- the direction they're going. They're very young, they're very talented, and even though they might not be close to that championship window, you can see uh, how they might be better set up for the future than what the Suns recently did to kind of try to make that push for the for the trophy. Yeah, I I view the Diamondbacks as currently in uh, I guess the the bubble Suns, right? Like yeah, that, that's a that good comparison. year, yeah. that year of the Suns, and this is actually I think something that that we talked a little bit about during the season. It kind of feels like the D backs are in that phase at yeah. this point, yeah. right? You've you've got you know the young pieces. You can kind of start to see things coming together. Uh, you know, you have some some veterans here, but you know guys who might not necessarily stick around long term, and so. Yeah, I mean, you could make a case. Maybe what the Diamondbacks need to do is they need to go get, you know, the the Chris Paul that, that helped the Suns uh, reach the next level, uh, and then maybe eventually also get the Kevin Durant that would really uh, put them <laughs> put them over the top. So yeah. it's hard to compare these these two franchises right now. But um, but yeah, I mean, the D backs are 
on paper, they're relatively close to, I mean, it, it turned around quickly for the Suns, right? It's amazing how quickly we went from the Suns being a team that nobody thought about to suddenly in that in that bubble Suns year, seeing them kind of take that next step. And then before you knew it, you know, they were in the NBA finals, right? And I don't know if it's going to happen quite that quick for the D-backs, but it, it could be somewhat similar in the sense that when you have a lot of young players, a lot of young players that are highly touted, those kind of changes can happen pretty quickly. And that's kind of what you're hoping for if you're a D-backs fan. I think the 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 one thing here is that the Diamondbacks have, you know, obviously they're not as close. Like you said, they're, they, they've kind of entered that first phase that we talked about, right? Adding those free agents that put you over to that next level is is where you really determine that you have a core that can win not just this year, but for a number of years. And then you can add to that as you see fit. You know, maybe that's when you spend your money. We've yeah. talked about in the past, the Diamondbacks not really spending money. We know they don't do that. But when you look at certain deals that other teams make that don't make much sense, they just cost a lot of money. You kind of wonder why they did that. And I think that that's what the Diamondbacks have been trying to avoid over the last few years. Going out and making a big free agent move that doesn't make much sense with the direction that the overall team is going uh, that just is going to spend a lot of money. I feel like the Chris Bryant uh, acquisition by the Rockies is kind of that, right? Yeah. Like, the Rockies really weren't in a position where Chris Bryant was going to be added to the team and put them over the edge in the NL West, right? So they paid a lot of money for him. Not only did it not work out because he spent most of the season injured anyway, but he also probably will have a hard time living up uh, production-wise to the amount of money they paid him. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think Chris Bryant is like Chris Bryant is not as good in baseball as Kevin Durant is in basketball. No, like no, he's kind of a, a tier below. There, there's there, there's a little similarity though because there's both of the guys, both yeah. of them were very very good and probably you know you could have considered Chris Bryant to be at the top of baseball at one point in his career, but injuries and stuff yeah. have kind of you know brought him back down to being a little bit more above average of a player besides being an extraordinary player, right? Kevin Durant, when he's sure. healthy, is still an extraordinary player. More than anything, he gets fouled a million times in a game, and that's something the Suns can really fucking use right now <laughs> because, you know, it's them against the referees a lot of times. But what would a comparable trade be for the D-backs <laughs> to make like this? Because, uh, well, like we said, it doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense for them to do it. But I, I was wondering what your thoughts were. I had my <laughs> own scenario, which you kind of giggled at, where I said it, this would be like trading Alec Thomas, Jake McCarthy, McCarthy Lourdes Goriel Jr., and four first-round draft picks to the Phillies for Bryce Harper and Alec Baum. And the reason why I went with Alec Baum is because I figure he's still a serviceable <laughs> third baseman. He's a very good third baseman. Sure. Um, and the Diamondbacks need that, right? With the way that the Suns made this move, they needed a TJ Warren in return in order to fill their starting lineup at this point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so my only qualms with that is that I don't know if Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy are quite as like, they're not established enough, like the way that Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson are. And to be honest, there's really no players on the diamondbacks who I think actually relate to uh, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and like they're standing in the NBA. So this is kind of an impossible task. But I think if That's we could what we fucking do around here, if, Jesse, if we could, if we could rewind the tape uh, a few months to when Dalton Varsho was still a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks, I think Dalton Varsho and Mikhail Bridges, I think there's a pretty 
solid connection there. Like there both is. both excellent defenders, right? That's that's the primary strength yeah. for both of them. A who lot of also, value that you that kind of underrated value, right? Yep, like, like you fan said, favorite, right? Like everybody in the clubhouse loves them. That's sort of a thing. National reporters are calling him Mickle. And all, what do they call him? I, I heard uh, my my call, my call, my call last no, night. It's, yeah, it's Mikhail, guys, I just do don't understand research. how you can be. Research. I don't know what what outlet that was that I was watching, but it's it's really <sighs> it's really shameful. Uh, nobody should have any trouble pronouncing Dalton yeah. Varsho though. But I do um, I do like that comparison. Varsho is very much just like Mikhail Bridges, an underrated player that was quietly one of the best on his team without a lot of people in basketball knowing about him. Right. Right. So, so then I have, I think Jake McCarthy is maybe the best comp for Cam Johnson. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, like, like better on offense, right? That's more the strength. I think Jake McCarthy, there's maybe more questions about how well he holds up yeah. in the future than Cam Johnson, who's pretty well established. You know, he's, he's just pretty darn good at this point. Um, and then Nick Ahmed is my comp. Uh, for Jay Crowder, uh, you know, expiring expiring contract, right? I mean, obviously, <laughs> Nick Nick Ahmed is not the uh, the trouble in the in the Diamondbacks clubhouse that uh, Jay Crowder has been for the Suns. So that doesn't Never really seen compare an at all. Nick Ahmed but, shirt, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not like quite as divisive of a uh, of a player as, yeah. as Jay Crowder. But so I have Varsho, Jake McCarthy, Nick Ahmed. I would do four first round picks. Like you said, you can't actually trade picks yeah. in Major League yeah, Baseball. You can trade competitive balance picks. Yeah. I'm not totally sure how many of those you can trade at the time. I don't believe I've ever seen a team trade four of them. You can have a half a dozen. Um, Here you go. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> We're just not going to have one for two decades <laughs> yeah. or something. I, I That might be what it would actually take. Um and then as far as what's coming back, uh, Bryce Harper is, is pretty, like I think that's pretty compelling that Bryce Harper, his standing in Major League Baseball pretty similar to Kevin Durant standing yeah. in the NBA, right? Like maybe not the very best player, but like pretty much always right up there. Um, they both have some some injury history, right? Bryce Harper is not going to play for the first few months of the season uh, for the Phillies after having surgery after the postseason. Right. So uh, so there's some, there's some connection there. I think Mike Trout is maybe a, another name that I would bring in who I think is honestly pretty comparable to Kevin Durant, right? Mike Trout, lots of injury history, lots and lots of injury history. But you know that when Mike Trout is on the field, he's going to be one of the best, even though he's, you know, he's aging uh, in much the same way that Kevin Durant is. I think Trout and Harper are only about a, a year or two apart. So there's not a, not a big difference there. But, um, but yeah, so Varsho, McCarthy, Nick Ahmed, whatever draft pick compensation you can muster for Mike Trout, and uh, Gio Urshela uh, maybe would be a, a good a good comp for TJ Warren coming back. So that's that's my that's my best comp. But again, this is a trade that the Angels would never actually accept in a million years. Uh, nor is it a trade that I I mean I guess the Diamondbacks would be interested in it, but it's probably not a trade that actually uh, mirrors what happened last night perfectly. Uh, Gabriel Ferrer says, "Would Bryce Harper make them a favorite?" I don't know if trading for any one player would make no. anybody a favorite, unless they were already in a position to be a favorite. Right? Baseball is just different, like that. Yeah, like it would have to be a team like the Mets or the Dodgers or Atlanta or somebody that traded for like Otani for it to really be the thing that moves the needle. And you already kind of have to be there. It's yeah, uh, it's it's much easier in basketball to add somebody that's a superstar to a five man team out there and have it impact the team in so many different ways. Like, especially when you talk about Devin Booker's, you know, playoff history and sometimes his inability to just to be the primary scorer when the team is looking for that 
Kevin Durant comes in and he just alleviates that completely and changes the dynamic of this team altogether. Yeah. Not to mention, let's talk about how good DeAndre Ayton has been lately. Ayton has been incredible. And it's the don't guy. don't buy it, Derek. Don't buy it. God damn it, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> my my belief with DeAndre Ayton, and as we said last night, we're just becoming a full on Suns podcast now. now. We're just we're, we're just gonna Suns embrace podcast. it for, I, for I a day. The, aren't the Suns on right now? Why aren't we even doing a show at the same time <laughs> as the Suns show on a Kevin Durant day? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I like that's what are we like this that's a that's a futile effort I feel like we have no choice but to talk about the Suns over here it's nothing but Suns coverage wall to wall on PHNX today but go ahead sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you I'm still drunk <laughs> I need a beer Jesse you don't think that uh Aiden will benefit from the spacing that KD and Booker I think he bring? will I think he will yeah I'm just uh my 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 son's two cents for for this episode of the PHNX D-back show is that uh, DeAndre Ayton is the type of player where you love him for two games. Everyone dreams about what he could become, and then he sucks for for two or three games, and everyone gets mad at him. And then he rebounds, and he's great for two or three games, and everyone dreams about how great he could be. And it's like, no, this is who he is. Like this is who DeAndre. Now I'm mad is. at you. Now I'm mad at you about basketball, and that's yeah. not even what we're supposed to be talking <laughs> know, about. But here, I'm here we are. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> but you do write wonderful articles, and you should check out his new piece. It's not even locked behind a paywall. What's the new piece on? The new piece is on the Diamondbacks bullpen options. Right. I basically organize them into uh, different tiers of how likely I think they are to make the opening day roster. So. Uh, tier number one, you've got Joe Mantiply, Scott McGuff, Miguel Castro, and then it kind of goes on from there. I think those guys are pretty much guaranteed to make the roster and then goes on from there um, in, in terms of decreasing likelihood of, of making the roster. So this guy a, lot thinks, of, a lot of different levels You think there. Scott McGuff is going to be the closer, and I'm interested to see if he's right. Uh, it's I, possible. I, I mentioned a few names as, as closing possibilities in, in the story, so... Uh, definitely go Spoiler. check it out. I spoiled but. it for you, but make sure to check out the story. If you want to read all of this stuff, make sure to get yourself a diehard membership. Uh, of course, our diehard membership is uh, the best. It's the best thing to have. It's the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. Not only do you get access to the wonderful diehard pieces that we have uh, from Jesse, from Gerald, from Craig, from all of our writers, we also have a wide variety of benefits, including a piece of PHNX merch every single year from the PHNX Locker, 20% off all your future purchases, uh, as well as uh, invites to members-only parties, members-only merch, wide variety of things, the Discord Lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan, and so much more. So make sure to grab yourself a diehard membership over at gophnx.com. Uh, and also, if you're here right now on the PHNX YouTube channel, make sure to subscribe to the channel, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live, even when we're doing them at the same time. Uh, sorry. And uh, the, uh, you know, sign up uh, for audio podcast stuff. Subscribe to us over there. Leave us a review. We appreciate you doing so. Uh, most importantly, uh, leave us a thumbs up review. Uh, thumbs up on this video. It's it just it just uh, it picks us up, makes us feel good about ourselves. I am drinking uh, the number one beer, by the way, from Four Peaks. It is a wow. We the joy bus and uh, it's helping me recover from last night. They fed me fish bowls of Long Island iced tea, which I haven't had since I was like. 17 years old so um but you can have a good quality beer from four peaks for this big game wherever you get your beer at here in the valley uh there's so many sporting events not only do we have the big game we have the waste management open spring training is right around the corner so make sure to grab yourself some four peaks uh and also if you haven't had a chance to try out this number one wheat ale in arizona it's the wow wheat then come on down to old town boondocks for the tailgate time machine this saturday 
February 11th. Try Four Peaks' newest innovation. It's packed full of Arizona citrus flavor, perfect for light drinking in the desert sun. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy, and enjoy responsibly. Jesse and I are very excited, obviously, about the baseball season. I know you guys all, all are, too. So we decided that we wanted to build our best D-backs lineup that we could uh, out of the current roster. Jesse, of course, immediately had to compromise things. He had to make it uh, just more complicated. He comes to me to ask me, are we going versus righties? Are we going versus lefties? Is it a There is game? a difference. Is I will, it, I will what, maintain What field is it at? Are we playing at home? Are we playing away? Is it a road trip? Is it a single series? <laughs> is it a two-game series? Is it a four-game okay, series? Okay, I did not, There's I did not make so it that There's just so many variables he needed to know in order to comprise his best lineup. <laughs> it's like fucking dealing with Tori Lavello over here, but let's go ahead and take a look at Jesse's perfect lineup, shall we? I don't know if I would say perfect. Line. Yeah, see, this is, this is the, this the best. This is the best I can do. And yeah, this is against a right-handed, uh, a right-handed starter. So keep keep that in mind. Um, so I have Corbin Carroll leading off in right field, specifically choosing right field because I think Corbin Carroll has a better arm than Jake McCarthy does. So maybe that's a change we see the D-backs make at some point. He did play mostly left field last year, so we'll see. Um, so he's leading off in right field. Cattell Marte batting second, second base. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., DH hitting third. Christian Walker batting cleanup at first base. Josh Rojas hitting fifth at third base. Gabriel Moreno hitting sixth, playing catcher. Jake McCarthy, seventh left field. Alec Thomas, eighth center field. And then Nick Ahmed rounding it out, batting ninth and playing shortstop. Uh, Derek, what do we what do we think here? Did I, did I do okay? I think you did okay, but I'm saying that mostly because when you see my lineup, you'll understand that we basically went with the exact same players. Okay, um, okay. I, I actually I think we literally went with the same players at every single position, with the exception of I left Corbin Carroll in left field and sure. left Jake McCarthy in right. Sure. That's the only thing. Fair. But you're right. I do think that to be honest, Corbin Carroll is probably the center fielder of the future, and there's a good chance we might even see him move there before the end of the season. I just thought that, you know, where they're at is where most likely we'll see them yeah. be for a little while, I think. As long as Alec Thomas is here and playing well, I think he's the center fielder. I think so, too. I think that's how the D-backs view the situation. He was just so good there last year, right? I mean, he was a Gold Glove finalist for a reason. I don't think that's a change the D-backs are going to make unless they have to. Um, the one thing I really like is that we both have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in SDH. Let's take a look should at we, my Should we bring lineup. up yours? Yep. We, uh, I have Gabriel Moreno with his. Uh, obviously, we have both have Corbin Carroll leading off. That's that's kind of a no brainer. You actually said that you were interested in going with uh, Moreno possibly at one point at lead off. I think that's the same way reason why I might have him here at uh, second in the lineup. Right, is because his bat was very good last year, consistent. Carroll obviously with his speed and his ability to get on base. I just see this right here as uh, an RBI machine. You know, you got Marte uh, and then Walker. Uh, and then you have kind of a, a, another cleanup there with Gurriel coming after Walker, uh, McCarthy, Rojas, Thomas, Ahmed. Uh, we basically had this. I think the last two players the same, first position the same, and everybody else kind of in there mixed up a little bit differently. We both had Josh Rojas at third base too, which I find interesting. Yeah, I mean, if it's against the, that's the primary reason why I asked lefty or righty because yeah. if it's a if it's a lefty, I'm going to play Evan Longoria. If it's a righty, I'm going to play Josh Rojas, and yeah. I think the D backs will probably do the same. The majority of the time. Um, yeah, Gabriel Moreno, I did think about having him lead off. In fact, while I was like, while I was playing around with things, I think Moreno was in the leadoff spot for most of the time. I still think I could see that happening at some point. Um, just watching some of his highlights from from last year in Toronto and knowing the kind of player he is, 
like the hit tool is is amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what everyone gets excited about with Gabriel Moreno. If you've got a guy who maybe doesn't have a whole lot of power, but he's a 65 or 70 on on the scouting scale for for his hit tool. I mean, the, what, what more are you looking yeah. for in a in a leadoff hitter, right? I, I know there's kind of this stereotype your leadoff hitter should steal bases and whatnot. Uh, we've seen the D-backs embrace that at times, not embrace that at other times. Carson Kelly hit leadoff for them last year against lefties at times. Nick Ahmed has hit leadoff against lefties as well. So I don't think Tori Lovello necessarily cares about the speed component as much. The other guy considered in the leadoff spot, uh, which I think Pedro might have uh, alluded to in the comments earlier, is Jake McCarthy. I think if Jake McCarthy comes back next year and puts up similar offensive numbers, if he's hitting 280, 290, you know, with a with a mid 300s on base percentage, you're moving him up in the line. with that speed, man. Like he yeah. becomes pretty much the ideal leadoff hitter. The only reason I don't have him there is because, again, and if if you're a diehard, you know, hopefully you saw my my full on fleshed out story about Jake McCarthy and kind of what the underlying metrics say about his 2022 season. I just don't know if I believe it enough yet to put him that high in the lineup. But I could I could see that changing over the course of the year. Yeah. Uh, a couple of interesting things in regards to the Diamondbacks 40-man roster. Right now, Dominic Fletcher is on the 40-man roster, as well as Blaze Alexander. Uh, I think that's going to be interesting uh, in camp. And, and of course, that very fluid. That could change. But uh, I also think it's interesting that when you currently look at their depth chart for starting pitching, they're going with a seven-man rotation. And uh, I don't know what to think about that, Jesse. You think they're to go full seven man? <laughs> I mean, what depth chart are you looking at? The Diamondbacks depth chart on their website, where their starting rotation right now comprises of Madison Bumgarner, Merrill <laughs> Kelly, Zach Gallon, Zach Davies, Ryan Nelson, Dre Jameson, and Tommy Henry. So that's so that's that's it then, right? Yeah, that's, that's it. Tori Lavello told the people running the website, you know, put seven starters there because we will be that's using right. a seven man. That's right. <laughs> we did. You I heard mean, it here first. <laughs> we have heard Mike Hazen not rule out a six man rotation. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. After the Zach Davies signing, uh, we asked Mike about that, and and he said he wouldn't rule it out. I, I have a hard it. time seeing it because are you really going to have Zach Gallon start every six games? Are you really going to have Merrill Kelly start every six no. games? Yeah, I, I don't know if that serves you well, no matter how good the other guys are looking. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. And no, I did not call Jake McCarthy mid Gabriel. That that's not that's not my I don't intent. Know. I think I heard. I'm it. saying I, heard I need to I see. I need to see more from Jake McCarthy to buy in because it was just a few months, and if you look at the batted ball data, it doesn't necessarily scream you know, 285 with a 350 on base or whatever it was that he wound up with last year. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But uh, anyway, we hope you guys uh, like the lineups. We hope to see this lineup. Uh, we need to we need to get Tori back in here and get his thoughts on our lineups. As yeah, well. yeah. Next time we yeah, have Tori we on, we'll have him lineups. we'll have him critique our lineups. <laughs> that would be that would be great. He's like, nah, there's not. No, no. <laughs> and no, I'm not using that two days in a row. That's definitely what he would say. But can I can I just say real quick, like. Like, can we pull up either of our lineups again real quick? It doesn't it doesn't really matter. I mean, they're they're pretty much the same players, at least. It's just a matter of like how you how you tease out the order. Uh, it's a pretty good lineup. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's a pretty yeah. decent lineup. Yeah. It's it's we the, constantly act like they are this tremendously underdog team. And when you look at this now, knowing how good the young guys could potentially be, knowing how good we've seen them be, including Moreno uh, in Toronto. This yeah. is this is a very exciting lineup. Like like just rolling through the guys that I have real quick, like Corbin Carroll, right? Rookie of the year favorite. Like could Corbin Carroll have an 
800, 850 OPS last year with a whole bunch of stolen bases. Yeah, like I think he could. Cattell yeah. Marte kind of widely expected as a as a bounce back candidate, right? Like he really could come back next year. If you look at his zips projections, he's projected for like an 800, 850 OPS. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., the, the power wasn't there last year, right. but uh, but he still had like a 770 OPS and his batted ball data was still really good. Christian Walker at 36 homers, right? You go down the list, Rojas, Moreno, McCarthy, Thomas, Ahmed. Like, it's it's a pretty decent lineup. And I don't know if we've really been able to say that about the Diamondbacks. Like, I don't know, back when Paul Goldschmidt was in the middle of it, maybe. Um, and, and even then, I mean, I think, I think toward the latter years of Paul Goldschmidt being here, the D-backs didn't necessarily have a whole lot of pieces to put around him. So... There's a lot that has to go right. There's a lot of guys you don't necessarily know for sure about, but it's a pretty good lineup, and I think that's something we haven't been able to say in a while. I, I agree. And by the way, I think we botched this for our audio listeners. So just to recap, Jesse's lineup is Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Christian Walker, Josh Rojas, Gabriel Moreno, Jake McCarthy, and then in the final two spots, Alec Thomas and Nick Ahmed. My lineup, very similar, Corbin Carroll, Moreno in the second spot, Marte uh, third, Christian Walker in cleanup, uh, Gurriel DH, Jake McCarthy in right field, Josh Rojas, Thomas, and Ahmed. So very similar, just a little bit of moving around there in the middle, and I think we could very well see that based on the performance. Like you said, their performance next season is going to dictate where where they move up in the lineup. The one thing that is very true for this team is they are not going to be held down by you know any kind of I guess like what we talked about with the starting rotation, like the, the, there's no like awarded anything to anybody on this team, even could tell Marte who could you, you could yeah. say arguably is besides Nick Ahmed, one of the longest tenured and honestly, one of the best players on the team, nothing's given for him because now there is a guy that can play second base. There's a couple of guys that can play second base. And if they're outperforming could tell Marte, he could easily find himself in a DH role or even not playing nearly as often as he should be. So I, I like that. I like that they're coming into camp with this, uh, you know, competition. It 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 only strives to push them further and make this team better. And when you look at the best teams in the league, the guys that emerge are guys that had to kind of fight their way to win a spot on a team that's very very talented, and it yeah. just kind of helps to make you that much better of a ball player. By the way, this isn't a baseball episode of this podcast. This is all basketball. I don't even know why we did the lineups thing. We should have done the starting <laughs> lineups uh, for like the Suns or something. But yeah, so who would the D backs point guard be? Who would the D backs uh, and and who's who's starting at power forward with uh, with Kevin Durant in there? How oh, how we how we doing this? Wow, wow. Okay, we're doing this. Um, that's a good question. Uh, the the person I photoshopped the body onto is Davison De Los Santos, so I feel like we need to call him up for a power forward role. But if you're talking about just the I just love lineup, that the 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 closest body type you could find to Kevin Durant was Davison De. I don't know about that it's, one, you Derek. Know, it's not. It wasn't. It was just. It's you know sometimes. Sometimes you just want it to look funny. That's all. That's all you're really okay. going for is right. something that looks funny. Look at that. Look at that guy. That's <laughs> it terrifying. Just, it just the thought of Kevin right. Durant being that thick with two C's is terrifying. Come on, buddy. <laughs> he doesn't really look like an NBA player anymore. No. At that point. I think no. the, the ideal build oh, for this a guy's baseball. DH-ing. He's DHing. Yeah, for the us ideal for sure. build for a baseball power hitter and the ideal build for you know, like a six foot 10 forward in the NBA, a yeah. little different, yeah. but uh, I appreciate your Photoshopping. I, I appreciate there. your appreciation. Now back to this basketball thing that you got going on with the Diamondbacks. <laughs> uh, are we putting Madison Bumgarner in center? 
Are we at, going? at center? You want Matt? You want Matt Bum? I mean, I mean, he's one of the taller guys on yeah, the team, right? So maybe no Joe Mantiply. Joe Mantiply. Joe Mantiply. He has Joe Klein vibes from the old Phoenix Suns days. You probably are too young for that. Um, let me think. For that. Corbin Carroll is my point guard. Okay. Uh, okay. Alec Thomas, small forward. Okay. Right. Alec Thomas, a little, little small for small forward, but I guess we're kind of adjusting to they're baseball all standards. Small, Jesse, so. They're all baseball <laughs> players. They're not going to be big as <laughs> basketball players. That's not how this works. Alec Thomas, though, like like pretty slim, too. I don't know. Can we find like, like, uh, like Lourdes, Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? Oh, yeah, you, want, yeah. you want him as a starting small I, forward, I feel like maybe? shooting guard. I feel like he'd make a good shooting maybe guard. Maybe a good shooting guard? Yeah, yeah, okay, well, he's yeah. one of your taller. I mean, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is 6'4". At least he's right. listed at 6'4". That's, that's shooting so. guard height in NBA. Uh, Diamondbacks' tallest player is oh we found their center boy did we find their is it center. Miguel Castro Miguel Castro is I Miguel forgot Castro. about Miguel, Miguel Castro yeah. six foot seven yeah. and he throws a hundred and five miles he an hour does. so he does come on man uh, those those cross court passes are going to be incredible I don't know if he can shoot but yeah. Yeah, he's a center. He, he just needs to make plays. He called. Fine. Yes, Gabriel. He called uh, Jake McCarthy mid, and he called Alec Thomas small. This is a bad person that I sit next to and do this show with. But <laughs> um, anyway, the one thing that you need to do is make sure to get your hands on the brand new Kevin Durant Slim Valley Reaper T-shirt over at phnxlocker.com right now. It's the best way to celebrate the news and uh, honestly, this podcast going full basketball uh, up in here. So we need uh, to get you one of those, Derek. So you're not wearing this terrible Thunder look jersey anymore. I don't care about your thoughts on my Thunder jersey. I've been a Kevin Durant fan since I thought he was going to fill out at Texas, and I am still a Kevin Durant fan to this day. <laughs> look at this shirt. Look at how good this shirt is. Damn. D-Line was in his bag on this one, man. The Slim Valley <laughs> Reaper shirt. Make sure to get that over at the phnxlocker.com. And also, uh, to celebrate not only this news, but if you are here in Phoenix from out of town, I just want to remind you that recreational marijuana is legal here. And you can enjoy our friends from OGs while you're here for the big game. Make sure to stop by your local dispensary. They have a wide variety of doses flavors, and strains for you to choose from. And OG's is all about flavoring life, so they make some of the best-tasting edibles you can find in the Valley. And it's official. Now they have the strawberries and cream, uh, happy balance CBD to THC ratio. It helps smooth that helps smooth that high out and make it not so bad. They also have the minis. We got minis. We got the fruits. We got summer edition. We got sleep edition we got hats we got everything come on out to ogs we're having a good time make sure to find yourself a party uh i've been at too many parties this weekend thanks max uh this week but uh must be 21 or over to enjoy and enjoy responsibly wherever you find them find them at your local dispensary uh also jesse's favorite app in the world is the underdog fantasy app the underdog fantasy app let let you do daily fantasy sports differently uh it basically wipe the floor with your friends beat your friends draft with up to five of your friends uh uh Go up to against them, draft the highest scoring squad, and win cold hard cash. Uh, you can draft six NBA players, including Kevin Durant when he's healthy and a member of the Phoenix Suns, with no positional limits, and that's it. The more uh, points you score fantasy-wise, uh, you win if you outscore your friends. So it's easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code PHNX, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. And Remind you, reminding you that we are riding on pitch counts this Major League Baseball season. So make sure to check the pickums on the Underdog app as well. Uh, you just pick higher or lower for a stat that they give you. Point total works for NBA, NFL, MLB. Pitchers, pitch counts, higher or lower pitch count. I'm telling you, man, we're going to get down on this. Win some money. The more legs you add, the more money you win over at the Underdog Fantasy app. As Jesse would say, be an overdog at the Underdog Fantasy app.
Uh, speaking of you, you found me uh, some interesting oddities for the MLB schedule from our friend uh, Jason Stark over at The Athletic. Can I Can I real quick? I have one more player I have to mention for no. our Diamondbacks basketball lineup. No, it's too much. Dre Jameson needs to be in there because Brent Strom told us during the season that Dre Jameson, even though he's he's listed at six feet, I think he's probably more like 5'10", 5'11", mm-hmm. if that. Um, Dre Jameson apparently can dunk a basketball flat-footed like without, without a running start. You trying to tell me you don't want that guy playing point guard, Derek? No, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's small forward. Maybe we put Dre Jameson small forward. Very small forward? He really, the small and small forward. You're really putting yeah, the small yeah, and small forward the there small with Dre forward. Jameson. But. You know what, though, Jesse? There's more important Dre Jameson news because you know what we're doing? Uh, we're spending a very special day with Dre Jameson. Don't miss out on a very special edition of a Valentine's Dre episode we are going to be having dre jameson on this show next tuesday so don't miss out on that because we are definitely going to ask him about beating corbin carroll in a foot race twice twice it happened i don't understand that but uh anyway the mlb schedule is weird as hell and we love it it's so weird that it's literally causing like teams to play other teams for the first time in like 60 years and that i'm not even joking about that san francisco opens the season in New York against the Yankees uh, at Yankee Stadium or in New York for the first time since 1959. Is that right? Uh, 56. 56. Yeah. And the first time ever at Yankee Stadium, meaning that obviously they would in 56, they opened up against the Mets. So uh, very, very weird things, Jesse. What's going on with this MLB schedule? I mean, there's just a lot of weird things going on. I think the, the big thing that maybe people don't realize with, um, or at least not realize fully with the with the scheduling changes that if you go from from 19 games against your divisional opponents to 13, like if you if you have two of those in like a like a one or two week span, like the D-backs do with the Dodgers to and open the, the year, yeah, like you're you're not gonna see teams yeah. for a long yeah. time, yeah. like a lot longer than you're probably used to ever happening before. Um, so the the uh, Jason Stark in this story from the Athletic points out that the Philadelphia Phillies will play 15 games. Against the Rangers, Yankees, White Sox, Mariners, and Astros in March and April. All American League teams. All American League teams, but zero games against the Mets, the Braves, and the Nationals throughout the entire first first month plus of the season. It's wild. I mean, it really really does, going back to our divisional realignment thing from yesterday, it really does beg for that because – Again, the reason why the divisions were the way they were and the reason why you played 162 games and the reason why the majority of them were not only against your division but only against your league at one point was so that essentially you had this defining kind of thing of of which team is the best team, right? You could have a 20-game – you could be back 20 games – and when you still have to play one of your division opponents or, or, you know, you have to play your division still like 40 times, you could actually theoretically make that, you know, make that up. Right. And it, it made sense for the season to be as long as it did when you played your division so often. Um, I know this doesn't change the length of the season, but it just goes to show that now that they're changing it to not be so focused on the division that some really weird things end up happening. Like the Diamondbacks yeah. are playing the Dodgers and the Padres a ton 
in the first month. But then, like you said, they don't see them until, what, July, I think, again, or something ridiculous yeah, like that? Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. But, yeah, after they first play those two series against L.A., I, it, I think it's maybe toward the back half of the yeah. season that the D-backs see the Dodgers again. So, so you would, you would think at least the divisions would all kind of see each other early on and then, like, again later. But with there being five teams in the division, someone's going to get left out as far as the, you know, as far as, like, the matchups go for early on. Yeah. And uh, you're, you, next thing you know, you have the Phillies playing 15 games against the American League before they play a single division or NL opponent. Yeah, another thing that Jason points out in here, and, and we have talked about it, you know, just strength of schedule. Obviously, the D-back schedule gets easier under uh, under the new scheduling system uh, compared to past years. You know, mm-hmm. fewer games against the Dodgers and Padres pretty much equals easier schedule. It's it's not all that complicated. Um but another part of this that is interesting is that the Dodgers schedule actually gets a fair amount uh, better. Uh, their schedule gets more difficult as a result of this. So in 2022, the combined opponent win percentage for the Dodgers was 483. In 2023, using records from past, from from last year, that jumps up to 490. So there's a bit of a bump up in in who the Dodgers are playing, right? They're getting fewer games against the Rockies and the Giants and and the D-backs. I guess if factoring in last year's record, the D-backs would have been, you know, a team you would have wanted to play, I suppose. So uh, so that's another another part of this. Yeah, Ben says, can we please have 19 games against the Rockies? Still, I wish Ben. I really yeah. Wish. If only you could pick and choose, like yeah, who you which one uh, like. Well, we'll take 19 games against the Rockies. What if it was like a like a build your own schedule system uh, where where every team just gets a chance? No to, one would play the Dodgers. Yeah, no yeah the, play the, the Dodgers would yeah. be just trying to find someone to, to play against them, and they'd just have a terrible time. It would but. be like Taylor Swift at the Grammys, just dancing all by themselves. You know what I mean? But anyway, uh, can it really be true that the Cardinals will play the Cubs in London before they actually play them in St. Louis? Yes. Yes, That's it's true. Wild. The schedule is very weird. So um, there's all sorts of crazy things. And honestly, I think it makes for it to be more fun. I feel like after having covered this team as long as I do, I feel like, especially in in April, you kind of go through the same thing every year, right? You don't get to see some of the more exciting teams that you don't normally get to watch until, you know, a little bit deeper into the season. So I like the way that this has been changed, and I'm very excited about the fact that now they got, what, uh, 52 games against your own division and then games versus the 10 other league opponents, you have 64. Uh, Interleague games, you have 46. It's just a more balanced schedule when it comes to playing all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good. And and Jason talks about this in this story and makes some great points that, that we've touched on in the past about how like the way that sports works currently in, in like in this age is you've got to market your stars, right? Like that's what it's really all about at the end of the day. And every it's no secret, baseball has not done a great job of that necessarily. Well, yeah, because they only build it in certain markets that people see those players, right? Yeah, I mean, we've even done a good job building player. up Aaron Judge, right? Like everyone knows who he is, but he they even changed the, the size Yankees. of the baseballs for Aaron. Judge, yeah, oh, so. we'll do anything for for <laughs> yeah, we'll do anything. I got the to, glasses on. I had to throw some shade. You know what I mean? Like if they're already on, I figured I could. Uh, Really, what this is about is getting everybody to see Shohei Otani. Yeah. That's what this is all about. Everybody needs to see Shohei, and everybody should. Uh, he is delightful, and everybody should love him as much as I do. But uh, again, that is going to be why the schedule is more fun, I think. And honestly, I don't, I don't care that teams don't play their own division early or whatever. None of that bothers me. And as a matter of fact, speaking for most Diamondbacks fans, 
goodbye, fucking Dodgers and Padres. I'm happy to not see you again after April for a few months. Let this team actually gain some confidence and play some teams that they could beat. There's just something very defeating, I think, about playing the Dodgers and the Padres. It goes yeah. back to the mindset that Tori Lovello tried is trying to change, right? And especially the one thing like Steve Gilbert talked about when we had him on is the, how the late game losses can impact your, yeah, your thought process, just, right? It's a more weighty right. thing to, to when work you, through. Yeah. When you're up and you give up the lead late and you start losing games in that fashion, it starts. you start getting into the mindset of, I hope we don't lose. And that's even when you're up, right? Like, oh, we're up three runs. I hope we don't blow this one, right? And it that's the mindset that Lavello is trying to change with this team. It's hard when you're going up against juggernauts in your own division, but the only way to defeat them is to change your own outlook and to start coming to the ballpark every day with the attitude of we're going to win today, right? And then the whole one and O thing, the, the one and O shirt, win the day, win the goddamn day is what it's all about, right? So let's win the day. Uh, and of course, the best way to do that is with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And on, on Super Bowl Sunday, we are only riding with one team. And that team, my friends, is Blue Gatorade. Blue Gatorade for the Gatorade choice of the Gatorade that will be dumped on the head coach of the winning football team. Jesse, it's insane. It's currently at plus 400. That's nonsense. Blue Gatorade that, should be the favorite. The, oh, it's not the favorite? It's not the what's favorite. The, what's the favorite? We'll Lemon the favorite. Lime is the favorite right now at like plus 125, followed up by fucking Orange. Yeah, I feel, I mean, personally, I think the lemon lime one tasted best. So if I What are you talking that, about? Like, of want, course but. you do. You <laughs> like vanilla ice cream and unsalted pretzels. I don't, I'm not surprised at all that you think fucking lime is the best flavor. Here's the thing. Uh, in, what was it? I think our man Damon gave me this fact, but it was since 2015, I believe, that the blue Gatorade has been poured four times and is the most used over the last, like, Eight years. Is that right, Damon? Yeah, you better go grab Yeah, that. so uh, I'm looking at orange has been five times as the most ever. Ever. But since, I believe, yep, since 2015, blue has been four times, which is 50% four of the time. Four times since 2015. We ride on Blue Gatorade on the DraftKings, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Get on the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Put your money on there. It's plus 400. Uh, a $20 bet, I believe, is going to win you $80 on the color of Gatorade. What is happening? Why Why aren't we? We should all bet on that. Let's get down on that on DraftKings yeah. Sportsbook app. If you haven't done so already, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our code of PHNX. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code PHNX. So that way you can bet on the game, get your bonus bets back, and then use your bonus bets to ride with Blue Gatorade. Uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And of course... Uh, before we go, we got to let you know that once baseball season comes around, the time to buy your tickets or the place to buy your tickets, the time to buy your tickets is last minute. The place to buy your tickets is on the game time app. Uh, it is Jesse's app of choice. It is aesthetically pleasing. It's beautiful. And it helps you save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. So procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. Uh, I have friends talking right now about going to a show in a few weeks. They don't know what they're going to be. They don't know 
if their jobs are going to allow for it. They don't know if they're going to have time. They don't. A, they might not even have jobs. They might even then. have jobs by then. A middle of the week show too. What? What are we? Twenty? We don't do these things anymore. Look at me. I am dying. I am not going to make it through this week, folks. Alive. I'm telling you that right now. I have like three more Super Bowl parties before Sunday, uh, and I'm I'm already like bleeding out of one of my eyes. But uh, here's the thing: you could have fun unlike me, uh, using the GameTime app by getting your tickets last minute. Uh, save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. So make sure to do that and remember that. Bookmark it for, uh, for baseball season when that comes around. Uh, but we appreciate you guys being here. We are so thankful uh, to have uh, some of you watching us when there's Phoenix Suns podcasts and news going on right now. We understand. People would rather hear us talk about the baseball analogies He's of right. the Kevin Durant trade At least than the actual Kevin yeah, Durant trade, that. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are the best. So we thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. I promise I will get a new Kevin Durant jersey, Tyler. Uh, this guy over here, he's at Jesse N. Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You know, you know what, you know what we're doing. We're we're riding for uh, the NBA championship from this point on. It's a championship championship season or bust around here. But we thank you guys for being here on behalf of Damon, Jesse, and myself. We always appreciate you uh, attending uh, today's class. And remember, <laughs> kids, <laughs> baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when it's basketball.